Mammoth Audio. Hello and welcome to Movie Autopsy. I'm Paul Culliver. And I'm Anthony McCormack. Now, Paul, we can't dilly-daddle while we talk about our movie today. Time is of the essence. We sure can't, Anthony. My dad always warned me as a kid that if I didn't record a podcast, the Langoliers would come and get me. That is scary for at least eight reasons. And by the time we finish this podcast, eight more reasons. Our television movie today is... The Langoliers. Alright, so this is an audience request, listener request from... From our good friend, now is it Vino Paul? Vineyard Paul? Vino Vin- Paul? I think anything. Just <laughs> Wino Paul. <laughs> no, no. He's down Brown in- paper bag Paul. No, that's not his name at all. Working down on the, on a vineyard. Vineyard Paul. His name is Paul. He is. Now, to be fair, now look, we got to give a bit of context to this because we mostly do new releases. That's true. Okay. We've had a few audience requests. All right. We've done them. Two of them now will have been from Vineyard Paul. Yep. He's getting a lot in he, there. He's winning. But, Everybody else is letting him yeah, win. But he's also giving... He's throwing us some curveballs. He is. Right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is he ever. Okay. So, our last one, Arctic Blast, was probably about a year ago now, actually. Mm-hmm. I feel like we did. Um, so, we did Arctic Blast, and that's a movie we'd never heard of, but it was a Tasmanian... Produced uh, movie, disaster movie that was it was terrible. <laughs> it was a disaster movie in every sense <laughs> yeah, of yeah. the word. Yes, the Langoliers, uh, Stephen King uh, adaptation. Now, apparently, Stephen King uh, kind of gives away his 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 rights quite kind of willy nilly. He's not he's not going for like select and excellence. He's kind of like, oh, you want to buy these? Yeah, here's how much. Okay, bye. Is, is that movie? Is that all the time, or is it that's the start of his career, and nowadays he's a little bit more discerning. I don't, I, well, I don't know. Maybe. I haven't seen a Stephen King adaptation for a while, and I remember as a kid, they were everywhere. Right. Okay. They were making movies. Maybe it's because there's they less were, to buy? Yeah. Well, Is he still well, as potentially. Well, there's a Dark Tower series. Right. Which I don't know much about, although I feel like a character that was introduced in The Stand... Mm. May roll over into that, but I know Ron Howard uh, is in talks. He was okay. in talks. I don't know if he still is, uh, but the Dark Tower, I think, is going to be the next big Stephen okay. King. Uh, so, uh, and obviously, well, Shawshank Redemption is the, the pinnacle, oh, yeah. right? Oh. Well, I felt a lot of people were winding out on Stephen King saying, oh, heavens, you know, we'll take him in book form, but please stop making all these Stephen King movies. Right. And then they made the Shawshank Redemption, and that's like, is that still number one on IMDb's oh, top no. 250 movies? People are like, well, you know why? If you want to make a couple more Stephen <laughs> King movies like that, we'll take them. So, I mean, I yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I've seen that many. Is Green Mile? Green Mile is definitely a Stephen King story. Story. Wait, it's not a movie? That is a movie, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what are the other... I don't Anyway, I don't know if I've seen that many. Uh, Stand By Me. Oh, yeah, of course. Which yeah. is a Stan... Which is the same, same uh, little novel as um, Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. I remember I remember when I... Uh, maybe year nine, and uh, you get the book list, and they're like, at the start of the end, they're like, go get all these books, and then me being the huge nerd that I was, I went and read all the books before I even had to, oh as gosh. did a few other kids. Yeah. So we bought the book that contained Shawshank Redemption, the Stand By Me story, which I don't think is called that, and I think two others, because they're kind of 
four shortish stories that make up a big novel. Problem is that one of those stories, at least in that book, is this really weird story about a returned or like a, a secret, like former Nazi or current Nazi, but in modern times. And it gets pretty involved and pretty messed up. And so then a lot of the kids, not a lot, okay, just me, and maybe like five other kids in the class went ahead and read that all during our summer. Some of those kids told their parents about what they'd read and the parents started complaining, why is my kid studying this? And they're like, no, 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 you're just meant to read Shawshank Redemption, not the rest. Yeah, don't read the crazy ones. So that's what you get for being a nerd, reading some messed up Stephen King. Anyway, I just want to tell that story. It was fun. So anyway, I have a limited experience with Stephen King, both his 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 novels and his films. But this is this is one of them. I feel like, and we'll talk about it. We'll get into spoilers, but this is probably of the Tally movies, mm. and this is 1995. So this is like the tail end of the peak Stephen King Tally movie okay. era. And we've got Pete King, pe- pe- exactly. Yeah, and uh, and I feel like duck. Sorry, I just have to finish the eighty percent. Oh, that dumb. is very really nice. Eighty percent of this series is incredible. Yeah, and you do get to a point where it's like, oh, oh gosh, maybe maybe this is the other twenty. We're talking about Langoliers as a whole, or are we talking about? Well, certainly when it was when it was first broadcast on TV, it was okay. broadcast in two halves. Yes, and there's a lot of build up, and there's. A payoff of sorts. And the first half had no payoff whatsoever. It was all build-up. So you could have come out of that first half and say and said, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like you're watching it ready to be like, holy shit, I can't wait for this to be over so I can tell everyone yeah. this is the best thing ever. And this is like 1995, so you're ringing them up on the landline and hoping that they're there to pick up the phone. And they're, they're there and they say... You know, oh, hello, this is so-and-so's mother speaking. You're like, oh, no, I w- hello, Mrs. So-and-so. Is is Johnny there? <laughs> oh, hang on, I'll get him for you, Anthony. And she'll go off and, and then Johnny will come to the phone. Are you watching the Langoliers? This is the kind of time that the Langoliers was being broadcast <laughs> right, here. okay. Um, so this was kind of exciting as well as I now have a more ad- adult understanding of Stephen King. Okay. Um, number one, he's a big Lord of the Rings fan. Oh, really? And you pick, I pick that up now, watch, re-watching the Langoliers. He loves Lord of the Rings. Okay. Because uh, I did uh, uh, an audio book of The Stand uh, at the end of last year. You listened was, to it. I listened to it. You didn't record it. I didn't record okay. it. <laughs> no, I wasn't no, sure no. what the did meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right to question it and, <laughs> you know, interrogate that. <laughs> Uh, but I, so I listened to the whole thing because it was the kind of thing I wanted to read it, but there's something about the language and the language is beautiful language and okay. it's such a beautifully written book, but you do get a, you know, sense of this out of the context. I don't know how to read this. And, and what I love about Stephen King now, now that I feel like I get where Stephen King lives is that so much of what he deals with is like psychical and instinctual, and this is what the first half of the Langoliers is all about. Yeah. They're in the plane, and they're about to land, and everyone's turning next to each other saying, I don't want to land. Mm. And that's that's pure king. Okay. Because I- what, what it is, what it is, just to sum it all up, yeah. is it's an organ in your body that's telling you this is your gut feeling, 
right? And he likes to investigate where do the gut feelings come from and what what is the, you know, evolution that we have these emotions and feelings of, oh, I feel excited about today or I feel dread about today, you know, and you go all the way into shining territory <laughs> where it becomes yeah. like a telekinetic kind of... Oh, The Shining. Exactly. Is that a Stephen King? That, yeah. Oh, of course. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. So Shining and Shawshank. Yeah. You probably... And, and Carrie. Carrie is a big one I where... I haven't seen that. Uh, yeah, there's... Lots of blood in that one. So, um, okay. Now, if people have listened to all of this, yes, and they're like, oh, "I want to watch this," <laughs> yeah, 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 it's on YouTube. It, it it's, is the whole thing's on YouTube. I'm pretty. We watched it on YouTube, didn't we? We did. Uh, I was kind of like freaking out, being like, "How did we get it? Like, how does people find it?" It's on YouTube. Just yep. go watch it on YouTube. It's not. It's kind of worth. Yeah. All right. Um. <laughs> Look, it's it's because it's two parts, but they're both together. So it was an hour and a half. They that's yeah. how long both of them are. So, so you t- should watch hour and a half, and then a week later watch the other hour and a half. Yeah, to get the full experience. Um, but yeah, you can sit down and watch all three hours at once. So it was nineteen ninety five. Um, and it so was- to put it in context, that's the same year as Val Kilmer Batman Forever. Very good. And I, I believe, is um, that the same, that's Goldeneye with Pierce Brosnan, I believe, 95? Yeah. Or was so, Goldeneye 96? I always forget this. Gold. Goldeneye. Yeah, it's not you're correct. Yep. You're entirely correct. Uh, made for ABC TV, obviously, in uh, in America. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, filmed almost exclusively in and around Bangor International Airport in uh, in Bangor, Maine. Which, that's uh, another Stephen King thing. He loves Maine. Yeah, because he, well, he attended college there, as this Wikipedia is telling me. Right. Uh, so, anyway, that's uh, probably the most uh, kind of... Yep, good. So, telemovie. So, yep. I mean, I think this was probably pretty attractive to filmmakers because pretty low budget to make it. As in, I'm not saying it came across as low budget. We watched a very low quality version of it, and it was 1995. Yes, but as in when all you need is an airport and a an an airplane, <laughs> they're the two scenes basically. Yeah, well, the two sets, as it were. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, if you if I were to say to you now, Paul, I'm filming a sketch for YouTube, and you were to say, "Oh, that's great," and I'll say, "It's really cheap too." All we need is an airport. <laughs> like, <laughs> you would probably be pulling on your collar saying, Anthony, this is post 9 11. Airports are much more expensive now. Yeah, but like, if you think about in terms of the effect of an airport, is basically just any office building. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. That's pretty. Anyway, so I guess there are spoilers yep. in this film, uh, as is the, the way, a bit of a twist with Stephen King. Uh, but the best way for there to be no spoilers is if you've seen the telemovie. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I, I definitely think it's worth it. I, it's worth it for no other reason than the worst payoff in the history of ever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because. Now, yeah. Can I just say before we get into this? So, yes. uh, it, I want to give us some, so this is a bit irregular of an episode that like yeah, we yeah. said before. Uh, you're quite busy at the moment because you're working on a TV show. Uh, cool. Yes, it's called. About it's it? called the leak. Oh, you're allowed to talk about it. I don't oh. think I am. Oh, so it's a secret. So the fact that you're hearing about it means, oh, I'm in on something big here. Or you're dead. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. 
Release this um, in the event of my untimely So unfortunately, death. there's going to be a few weeks in the middle where we we might not be able to take you, bring you new releases. So that's why we've recorded this in advance. Yep, just in case. To chuck it in there. Uh, so if you're hearing this, Anthony's busy or dead. Yep. <laughs> uh, and so, and I, the other thing I want to say as we go out to this, um, I don't like. I don't like to think of us as a like a, a bad movie podcast. That's not what we do. Yeah, you know we I mean? like to celebrate yeah, movies. Yeah, like we're so much happier to talk about a movie we really liked yes. than to shit on something that was terrible, right? Mm-hmm. So when we come and, to- and there are a lot of podcasts that shit on terrible things, and they are great. Yeah, which is also fine. So yeah. we're not shitting on terrible podcasts yeah. or good podcasts talking about terrible <laughs> things. We're not shitting generally. Yeah, we're just- we're, we're keeping it tight. We're keeping it in there. Yeah, we're keeping it- <laughs> We're going to get sick from this. <laughs> yeah, we it's are. It's very unhealthy. We're very stubborn. We should drink some Metamucil. I agree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Movie Autopsy, brought to you by Metamucil. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> uh, I could, yeah. Yeah. Metamucil, get in touch with us. Wait, is the song from Frozen, Let It Go? Yes. Yeah, that could. We could do a couple of crossovers yeah, here. Yeah, that's all right. I'm sure someone's already done that joke. There was a point. Where? What was the point? Oh, I just wanted to say to? that I, we might, like, we're going to dissect this film. Yes. But it's not about, like, I think there's enough positives in there. and that's, Yes. I think what we like to explore is missed opportunities. Fair enough. Fair you know enough. what I mean? For good films. Well, well, I feel if you were to do this movie again today, there are a lot of things that I don't think you could do as well as the 1990s. Okay has rendered those things. There are definitely things you could do better today. Okay. Um, and I think special effects uh, towards the end of the movie kind of lets the payoff down. Yeah. You know what I like, though, is that in 1995, for a television movie, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. it was ambitious. It was very, yes. That's what I think I like about it, in that they went, like, in today's... It's like us watching Star Wars, like, the prequels... It's like, oh, they shouldn't have used so much CG. But they were trying for something. Yes. You know, they went, you know what? This is the technology at the time. We're going to push it. We're going to try and do it. With our 2015 eyes, obviously <laughs> doesn't doesn't yeah. come off so well. And when you read descriptions of... Now, I haven't read the book. Uh, but when I read descriptions of what these uh, creatures or animals were supposed to be... Uh, and I kind of see at least where they were going for because it was it was meant to be like something eldritch abomination like in the sense of these animals have no form, right? And what you see is essentially like you know whatever is in your head fills in the blanks. Oh, it's the manifestation of your of your subconscious fears. Exactly right. So so and that is a hard thing to. Put on yeah. screen. What, in they, what they ended up with was a three-sided mouth chomps from Mario. Yeah. Oh, there's there's a lot of there's Pac-Man is, <laughs> is yeah, kind of thrown in that. there a lot. And and if you want to take away all the terror of the ending, just add a bit of a waka 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 all everything that's going on. But oh, I man, I hope that clips online somewhere. But I mean, I enjoyed rewatching this. Knowing that that ending was going to be there, but just saying, well, what else has this movie got to offer me? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Bronson Pinchot 
for, of Perfect Strangers fame. Is that, can I still say in 2015, of Perfect Strangers fame? Because I, <laughs> probably not. Beverly I, Hills Cop, he's in there well, as well. You're, you're saying it to someone that's never seen Perfect Strangers, so. Yeah, that's that's true. I he, think it depends who you're talking to. I, an older generation will recognise him as uh, Cousin Belky. And, and I don't, I watched Perfect okay. Strangers as a kid. I couldn't even tell you what that was about now. I feel like it was about an American who's international cousin. And I feel like, you know, back then in those days, international in, in inverted commas was just a thing that they dropped on TV shows without any sort of... 161 episodes. It's, that's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot. Yeah. This so I, I remember the, the big kind of thing from that is the straight guy... I think his name was Larry. The straight guy's thing, whenever he would walk in and something ridiculous was happening, yeah. he'd say, Oh, my Lord! Well, Which, I'm already laughing. Yeah, that was funny at the time, yeah. because most of the, most people in that kind of sitcom environment would say God. But he would say, Oh, my Lord! I see, I see. You see? Well, his IMDb says, known for Perfect Strangers, True Romance, Risky Business, and Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, well, there you go. Risky business. He was in that, wasn't he? Oh my gosh! Yeah. But so he... he's the like the banker dude in this. Yes, he's the nervous, sweating banker dude. Yes, who first introduces us to the idea of Langoliers. And I, I really, really like. Is it Toomey? Is his name? I really, really liked his character because it goes through a couple of really interesting places, and it does it kind of seamlessly. <laughs> Firstly, yep. you meet him and he's that jerk that's like, everything has to be the way that I want it, please. Yeah. I paid for this and I'll have it this way. Thank you. Yeah. And then behind that is the scared little boy of like, I need to, you know, be at a certain place at a certain time because my life is a constant stress and I hold myself up to this standard because, you know, this terrible father figure that's yep. drumming it into me in my head. And then, you know, behind that is, like, this kind of guy that's gone completely insane a little bit. It's like, yeah, I have spent all this money, and I did it on purpose. And so it kind of alternates between a really serious, grim, dark kind of character as well. There's there's comedy in there as well. Yeah, there's comedy in, like, because he pushes it so far in yeah. how absurd this character is. Uh, I like that. I, um... Yeah, that's the thing. I was trying to figure out whether that was his plan or, like, that was the whole thing that like, he actually rationally, like, cold logic thought that got him out of all the pressures of his life if he lost lots of money for the company. Yeah, I mean, just quit. Probably. <laughs> right? Yeah. Instead, like, go to jail for, like, fraud and embezzlement and, and, and whatever else. Yeah. Maybe not, I don't know what the... Maybe not embezzlement. But anyway. He was um, not a well character. He was not well no. in many ways. Yeah, and there was there was the ripping, the constant ripping. Oh, the ripping! Like he started with a serviette, and then he moved on to magazines, and then he went on to the harder stuff, which was like, well, I don't even know what I, the airport I, manifest. I laughed at that. Yeah, I laughed at like the when they kept cutting back to him ripping. I thought that was like funny. Yeah, like, it was. It was like comedy to 
how absurd that was. And I, I like that you kind of take it as comedy, and then by the time that it's grown, you're like, oh, this isn't funny anymore. Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. I forget I, which... There's a point where someone walks in the room and sees the, the ripped paper, and that's yeah. the, sig- the sign that he's there. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. That's like a nice little horror thing. Yeah. Uh, but it's like such a... Like, because the ripped paper is such a benign thing... And then it's like, no, but it means a psychopathic murderer maybe is behind you. And to a certain extent, if you read into this really, really far, you could say that everything that was terrible about what happened, and especially if if the Langoliers are whatever, you know, like time has been eaten up yep. and the way that your brain copes with time, you know, things not being there anymore is that it sort of fills in the gap and it creates these little creatures. Is it possible that all of this is a manifestation of everything that's just terrible in this guy's head? Right. Because that was the one thing that I felt was jarring watching this again. When you're a kid and you're watching this and the first time you see, through the blind little girl, you see into Bronson Pinchot's head. Oh, yeah. And everyone looked all monstery and, and disgusting. Yeah. And as a kid, you accept it and you go, well, Stephen King, of course, is going to be terrifying. But as an adult, and with an adult understanding of Stephen King, you know that Stephen King is he's a dude, you know? He's like, if you walk into Stephen <laughs> King's house, he's like, hey, come in, man. I'm, I'm thinking about ideas and is concepts, that how he is? man. Is that how he welcomes you? That, I, I don't know. I've never been to his house. <laughs> After that little impression of him there, I don't expect I'll ever be invited. Right or wrong, he might invite you now. <laughs> well, pretend, but you, you do get a sense. Instead of a master of horror that's like, I'm going to make you feel terrible. <laughs> like, this is, this is a guy that's like, the brain, how does that work, man? You know, he, <laughs> he, he seems enlightened, Paul. Yeah, okay. He seems more enlightened than I do. So, um, so as an adult, like, I kind of look at through Bronson Pinchot's head and everyone looks like a gooed up disgusting monster. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what is that about? And especially knowing the ending... And knowing that that doesn't necessarily pay off in any particular way that would necessitate that makeup budget, right? I'm like, yeah, not at all. Yeah, why? Like, why fact, is we that were in there? Watching it, and you were like, that's that's a red herring. Yeah. <laughs> like you didn't want me to. You were like yeah. mitigating my disappointment. Yeah, I was like, like let me spare you something here. <laughs> that goes nowhere. That goes nowhere. Uh, <laughs> and it really doesn't. It's yeah. It, that's the thing. The first half, and we did make a point because on the YouTube clip, it, it's, it's it's pretty much bang on the 90 minutes, which is where the halfway goes. And then there's a long establishing shot for the airport. So that's how you'll know that it's the next episode. Yep. The first half is, yeah, like no Langoliers are around. You don't know if they're real or not. You don't know what's thing. And you kept asking me like, oh, have you figured it out? Do you know what's happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And now that I know the answer, which, well, I don't even know if I know the answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know that you could have really figured it out. It was more... That's what disappointed me about it. It was like... At one point, was it Dean Stockwell more or less explains it? Yes. But it's just a theory for him. Yeah. But it's just accepted as, okay, that's the explanation. It's kind of... It's an interesting way that the story is crafted because it's like... Stephen King, as the writer of this story, knows exactly what it is. And he knows as well that these characters have to figure it out. Otherwise, the reader will never know. Yeah. 
but as well, how do you figure out something as ridiculous as, as what? Well, so they flew through the the irregular aurora borealis, the northern yep. lights that was happening over America somewhere. They they flew through a rip in time, okay. which is basically a giant space vagina. <laughs> it really was. Wasn't it, it really it was, was a bejazzled vagina. Uh, the, like even as they're flying back into it, and the British guy is like, "Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's where all life begins." <laughs> <laughs> Did he actually say that he line? Actually, yeah, that's yep. beautiful. Um, yeah, and so the explanation is they went forward in time by like what about fifteen? No, but no, they went back time. behind in time. So they left time as we know it. Yeah. And all of this stuff that is left over is the past. So people don't live in the past anymore and the past is just left there to rot and die. Okay. Which is kind of so everything has no taste anymore. Everything loses its flavor and its sound. Alive. Nothing's alive. Right. But then stuff on the plane is still present, not behind. That's why like the beer like, the present day catches up, so the beer becomes fizzy again, and the food becomes fresh. Which is kind of lucky, because if, if you know, the dullness ate into the plane, they, they the story would be ended much, much quicker. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be dead. There's um, no real reason why the plane stays fresh. Not really. Well, yeah, well, maybe it would have spread out from the plane, like, the freshness would have spread out slowly. Maybe. maybe, maybe in the um, snack cart, there was like a little compartment full of Mentos. And that was what was keeping the plane fresh. Just the sheer strength of the Mentos. Well, I think it's just arguable because that's the only thing that came from the future. So they stay alive yes. and the plane stays alive. But it is interesting that the, the matches that were the, the lady, the druggy lady... That's all like, mmm, hanging out for some drugs. Yeah. They're like, oh, I need to go to rehab. Well, do you think you should go to rehab? Oh, I don't know, probably. Like, that was her big thing. Just a stereotypical, like, kind of messed up teenage girl (laughs) or whatever. I'm kind of (laughs) pumped. I thought that, like, drugs and alcohol would be a party, man. And it was for a really long time. But now, I don't know. It sounds like nothing has actually even happened yet. <laughs> it's like I, I could just keep having drugs. I guess is that. No, I, I guess I'll, I guess that's what I'll do. <laughs> uh, but she has the matches with her, yeah. and she strikes a match, and it flares up beautifully. Like that's perfect. And then later on, she f- strikes one, and it's not working anymore. Yeah. So that came with her on the plane, and when uh, she was off the plane, the matches lost their. You know, moxie. Wow. I was about to say that hurts my brain. And then as I was thinking that, my brain actually literally started hurting. So, (laughs) I'm actually getting a headache now. um, (laughs) Oh my God. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yeah. So, it's confusing and it's it's just so... I I didn't like how... Like, Dean, the Dean Stockwell character is just like, oh, well, clearly what's happened is this. And then that was like maybe... Two thirds or three quarters of the way through the whole thing, and then I was like, "Oh, well, that's a that's a going theory. Let's see what the truth actually is." And then I was like, "Oh no, that's yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, yeah." He just figured it all out, even though it's and also I think because it it cuts against other like common sci fi time travel stuff. Yeah. 
Like, it's not how Doctor Who works, or it's not how, like, a lot of other time travel sci-fi works. So, it's yes. kind of... Maybe because this version isn't that logical. <laughs> I, I do like that it communicates a different kind of idea, a different theory. Yeah. And it is a grimmer one. Like, it, there's something about, like, a Doctor Who kind of timeline that you think, oh, these events have all happened. But if we ever crack time travel, we'll be able to go back to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like these this stuff that's sitting there waiting for us to go back time cop style. <laughs> you know, we're there to change the past and Jean-Claude is there to stop us from changing the past and... I mean, it's, it's going to be an exciting new future of law enforcement, Paul. I'm looking forward to it. But but this uh, this offers the alternative theory of, like, no, once time is done with, that's it. It's done. And then it has to get eaten up. And then num, 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 what, what I really like... <laughs> what I really like is the whole idea of you've been left behind. And in a, in a sense, it's like it's not your fault that you've been left behind. If you knew what was going on, you wouldn't volunteer for it. You wouldn't right. put your hand up and say. And and they're like you have to assume that all the people that were awake on the flight when they go through the time vagina are they dead? Probably. <laughs> so it's like they wouldn't have volunteered for that at all. Or do you reckon they just like? Were, do you reckon they just like all of a sudden they were in the air and there was no plane? And they'll just say, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and then they just, just drop. It, it's still dead. Though. Yeah, that's yeah, still dead. dead. I mean, there's like on all levels, this movie is terrifying to think about. You know, yeah. all those kinds of things. But uh, to me, the terror of you're in a situation that you don't know what the situation is. There's no one to explain this situation to you. You 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 have to kind of figure it out for yourself. Mm. But the second you figured it out, you've taken the time to figure it out. You've just realized that the the last, you know, however long you've spent in this location, you are not safe. Right. You know what I mean? This is not where you want to be. It's interesting because, like, so the little girl can hear the Langoliers coming. Yeah. And then they're not even... I mean, that's the thing. The name, the Langoliers, it's, it's not clear whether the kid's nightmares, you know, what the dad said, he's just correlating that with whatever these things are. Mm-hmm. There's no real evidence that the dad actually knew what the Langoliers were. It's just a convenient name for them. Yeah. Right? I Well, I assume so. Yeah. And I I just... All, we only ever see the dad through the flashbacks through Brinson... Brinson? <laughs> Brinson. <laughs> Bronson Pinchot's head. Yeah. So, uh, but he doesn't seem like a very stable man. No. And also... But, oh, wait. But also the girl... So, she has, like, really good hearing. That's fine. Like, yeah. The whole blind thing. Okay. She's yeah. got great Daredevil. Hearing. Yes, <laughs> she's a little. Um, but then she has like ability to like astrally project herself as well. Yeah, so that's different. Yeah, it, it seems to be. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it's in every Stephen King story, um, but definitely it was in the stand. You know, you've got your character who is really, really evil, right? And they they are like up to 11, and then you've got your one character who's very, very good, and they are up to 11, and it does, it is very Lord of the Ringsian, right. a little bit Star Wars too, as well, of like, okay. you have your ordinary people in, in the middle, mm. and then you've got your Jedi and your dark Jedi, I'm yeah. not going to say Sith. There you go. Why did you say Dark Jedi and not Sith? Well, you know, in the original movies, it wasn't that, you know, the Emperor and... 
uh, Darth Vader was Sith Lords. It's was that Sith they introduced were... in the prequels. Well, I I feel like it was introduced before the prequels, but the prequels kind of codified oh, it. Right. Um. So and then the little girl actually lures him out to get eaten by the Langoliers first. Yeah. Is that effectively what that was all about? Yeah, more or less. She's like, don't kill him. We, we can use him <laughs> as bait. Wow. You know? And that's... Also, because you see, like, when the Langleys are arriving, you see, like, the trees in the air, like, power lines or whatever dropping down. Are yeah. they going in a straight line there? I... That was really exciting to me. You see that fall down, and it's like, oh, these things are real now. Yeah. And that is still before the reveal of what they look like. And that is terrifying. Yeah. Like the thought of something that can take down a giant, you know, tower like that and it's coming for you, Paul. <laughs> but here's the thing. Are they, that's the thing. Are they just like glorified cleaners? So are they just eating up the world efficiently or are they going, mm, there's something tasty over here? Like yeah. are they malevolent creatures? Yeah. Well, that is what Bronson Pinchot's death kind of you know that's the implication there yeah. is that they're actually chasing after him as opposed to oh mind your feet well that's the thing because if their job is to clean up time like old time yeah they're not very efficient they're like zigzagging all over the place that's true and and I do get a sense to think about this long enough and, and what people have written about it. And again, probably the man to read about what he's written about is Stephen King himself. Yeah. He would be a good source to read, you know, oh, the actual maybe. story. But I get the sense that the Langoliers are sort of germs, but in time form. So it's kind of like that they aren't necessarily... In, in the same way the matches lose their flavour... Right. Like, the Langoliers are the end result of that, of, like, you have lost all flavour and you cease to be. But the mind fills in the blanks and says, there needs to be a reason why that what was there is no longer there anymore. And that reason is this waka waka waka, you know, thing that's <laughs> chomping along. Yeah. All right. And uh, in that sense, it's a very, very intelligent, you know, story. Yeah. And it's incredible that they made something that is understandable. Or, or at <laughs> least in, in any... Like, you get to the end of it and you're like, what the hell is going on yeah. there? But in any given scene that you're watching, you're like, I think I know what's going on here. Yeah. And then, like, that whole thing, the Langoliers come and they do the Waka Waka. And then they've got to take off. And it's all right. And then, it, I don't know, it's like, then like, oh, we've still got, like, another 45 minutes or something. Yeah. Of, like... Deciding that this is how we get back to present day, and then the knocking out. I like the knocking out thing. I was like with the pr- air pressure, the yeah, cabin yeah. pressure. I thought that was kind of a cool thing. Like, oh, we've got to knock everyone out. Oh, we'll do it with cabin pressure. Cool, clever. Um, instead of just like knocking everyone over the head with. Them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was kind of weird, like the because the romance that was kind of happening. Well, that was a bit weird. Like, oh, did you did you remember about our date? Did you <laughs> do you remember we're still gonna have a dinner? Because we talked about that literally like twenty minutes ago. Can you tell a relative something for me? But uh, the name of the relative is the old gaffer. That's a Lord of the Rings reference. That is also I'm English. <laughs> Just call me Nick the White. I'm going to come back as Nick the White. Right. Okay. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, surely they would have just been like, oh, we're about to die. Quick, quick, anyone join the Mile High Club, shall we? Like, yeah. Surely they banged. Why would you not bang? 
I mean, Stephen King did grow up in the 60s, didn't he? Yeah. Like... Free airplane sh- love. I would think so, yeah. surely. That was, that was a lot of sexual tension between those two. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then he just... Yeah, he totally and, just died. Yeah, the, he died, and then uh, Patricia Wedding... Right! ...immediately afterwards is like... She's very overjoyed, as I feel any, anyone would be, mm. about arriving at the other end and you're okay. But at the same time, there's no, you know, oh, I better go off and talk to his relatives like he told me to, like he's dead now. No, aren't and- they like that when when they finally get back to the airport and then they stand against the wall and that's cool. I was like, oh, yeah, it catches up. That's clever. Yeah. Um, uh, and then look, they're look, like the new people. They start being really happy. And yeah. then I'm like, oh, she's a bit happy. And then she literally says, I'm so happy. <laughs> and I'm like, you're. Like, future boyfriend, hot huddy man that yeah. you got all excited about, just died. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you consider that her whole thing, like, all these characters have things oh. that they need to confront or, you know, they're running away from or they're running to. Right. Her thing was she wanted a hot date. That was her entire <laughs> thing. She's missed out on a hot she, date. She gets to the end of the movie, they take away her hot date. Not just like a oh sorry I'm busy that night. <laughs> He's dead. He doesn't. Dead. And and not just like a oh you know mildly dead. There's the body. He has been erased from all space <laughs> and time. Right. This hot. Like if she goes to other people now and she's like oh, I had a hot date with basically a secret agent. He was a British guy. He had like Mister Sheffield hair. Right. <laughs> He was so stunningly good looking and he was interested only in me and he was going to give up his life of beating people up and murdering them and, 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 and you know, enforcing all the... He enforcing. Was, he was going to give it all up for me. And then we're like, yeah, right, Patricia Wedding. And she's like, no, no, no. And it's like, well, where is he now, Patricia Wedding, if, if this, was, this is all true? Well, he was erased from all space and time <laughs> by a giant space vagina, but he did he did exist. It was true. It was real. Oh, sex was that good. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. I. You know what would have been kind of cool if it had been like you got erased from all space and time, and everyone forgot that you existed. Yes. So if they'd woken up on the plane, it probably would have added an extra level of confusion. But if they'd been like, were there other people on this plane? We don't remember if they were. Um, yeah. So like, she was so happy because she didn't remember him, which is really sad. That is, yeah, that's true. But so, you know, it's a way of doing things. Anyway, um, I don't know. That's probably all I've got on that. I mean, that's the thing. The first half, we probably glazed over, but it's just a lot of yeah, interesting it- intrigue. It takes a really long time for anything to happen. Yeah, it's very and, much setting up every character. And and this was one slow-burning movie that I didn't mind the slow burn so much. Yeah, we watched it all in one and it didn't feel too bad. Yeah. They cut, yeah. There, there is stuff in there that is a little, you know, tacky in the, yeah. in the way that you expect it to be tacky. But it's a charming kind of... Big, I think it's the mystery as well. Mm. And pa- but pacing-wise, it's actually paced very well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Not, yeah. It's not... Yeah. I like I like because I was a bit nervous. Vineyard Paul giving us a suggestion. <laughs> yeah. Vineyard Paul likes and to put like, us through the ringer, I think. And I was like, are you setting us up for... And I was like, no, no. I, 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 gained, I benefited from watching this. There was something yeah. in there that I was like, all right. 
Okay. All right. Yeah, it's weird because I, I like I can't totally condemn this film. There's some there's something in there. Yeah, I mean there are definitely other Stephen King. Uh, definitely the telly movies where I feel like if you were to read the book, you would get a lot out of it. Right. To watch the telly movies, <laughs> you know what I was right, saying? Like, right. um, and that's to a certain degree, I feel why we don't get so many anymore. That you know, the they understand that Stephen King works really well in the medium of text and and reading mm. and audio books. I I would highly recommend all. Because I, I really enjoyed right. The Stand. Uh, very good. Well, that's our telemovie autopsy of yeah. The Langoliers. Telemovie autopsy. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. A spin-off. <laughs> um, uh, you can tweet at us at movieautopsy, facebook.com slash movieautopsy. We're not sure what movies we've got coming up in the next little bit because uh, we've got other, some other projects. Yeah. So, people, is there some, something to plug for you, Anthony? Like, what I am do? definitely for people who are in Australia... Uh, I think I, at one point New Zealand too, but I don't. I you know New Zealand is iffy at the moment. Okay. Uh, uh, but definitely in Australia, we will be doing a live TV show. This is RMI TV. So uh, basically, on your thirty ones, whatever your thirty one equivalent check is, check your local listings. Check your local That's listings. Called, it's called the leak. Cool. It's like current affairs comedy. Yep. So hilarity. it's hilarity. Exactly Very right. Good. Uh, all right. Well, I don't know when our next episode will be, but I'm looking forward to coming back to the table. Oh, I am too. Cause Could be Star Wars. There are, yeah, yeah. That's going to be a big one. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, whenever it is, we'll see you next time. We'll see you then.